Hey, my name is Zachary Kennedy. I'm extremely excited because today Coleco and I are chatting about how you might be fooling yourself at networking events, one of the biggest rackets in the country, and what makes the city of Greenville so awesome. I'll also share my story of where I've been and how I got here. I really hope it both entertains and encourages you. This is episode 52 of TE5 Life. Let's do it. Guys, new episode here of the TE5 Life. I hope you guys are doing well today. And on today's episode, I'm interviewing Zachary Kennedy, who's with Movement Mortgage. He's a mortgage broker, uh, and he's located in the Greenville, South Carolina market, which is a new market that I'm going to be moving into. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on today, Zach. Welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thanks, man. This is awesome. Awesome stuff, man. Well, why don't you go ahead and just... Uh, uh, I guess in your own words, give us a little uh, introduction of yourself, who you are, and, and what you do, and we'll go from there. Sure thing. Well, first of all, I'm going to correct you because I'm not technically a mortgage broker, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. We're really, mortgage lender, we're really sensitive about it now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, so basically, I've actually been working for Movement Mortgage in Greenville for uh, coming up on one year. Uh, exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty new to the mortgage industry, so I started with Movement back uh, last May. Before that, I had never worked in the mortgage industry, never worked at a bank before. Uh, and, you know, for, so when you're first starting into an industry like uh, mortgages that you've never worked in, it's kind of like, man, what am I getting myself into? You, you start and, and you start learning stuff. It's like drinking through a fire hose. But, uh, but yeah, so based in Greenville, but my wife, uh, grew up mostly in Anderson. I grew up mostly in uh, Oconee County. So if you're not familiar, it's kind of the tippy top part of the state. Uh, Walhalla, Seneca, Westminster, that area. Graduated from Walhalla High School in 2011. Awesome. So I'm awesome. pretty young and stuff, but uh, been in Greenville kind of my whole adult life, I guess. Yeah. So uh, what got you into, into this, man? specific industry the snitch what, what motivated that it's funny everything but mortgages that's that's for sure it, it was a relationship honestly i mean and that sounds kind of cliche and stuff but uh i had found myself just in a place of what the frick am i doing in life a little bit to be honest so it was like i was not the kid who in 10th 11th grade knew exactly what i wanted to do this is the college I'm going to go to. This is the major I'm going to have. This is the job I want to have. I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't participate in much. I was in no clubs. I was in no sports. I, was, I didn't go to parties. I, didn't, I was just kind of flew under the radar, right? I went to school. I went home. I just wanted to finish and get the heck out of there, right? Uh, part of that maybe just was I didn't have the guidance and mentorship to, to push me into those things, but... I just was pretty unmotivated overall. I didn't know what I wanted to do with life. I didn't know really what I was good at, what I enjoyed. Uh, so I just kind of coasted, right? So when I got done with high school, uh, well, <laughs> before I got done with high school, I actually uh, I joined the National Guard when I was 17. So I was a, a junior in high school. Uh, so I felt pretty badass about it and stuff. <laughs> uh, turns out I was not so badass, but... Uh, between my junior and senior year of high school, I went to basic training, Fort Jackson, 17 years old, people yelling in your face, pushing you in the dirt, right? It's a pretty wild experience. Came back. In fact, I was like two weeks late for school. We were supposed to start back, you know, August, whatever. I was like two weeks late because I was finishing up basic training. Finished my senior year, went and, you know, did AIT training or whatever uh, the next summer in Oklahoma. A lot of other crazy life stuff happened. Uh, it ended up not really being for me. I had just so much in life 
pushing down on me that it put me in a lower place, right? Even then, no direction. It put me in, in a pretty rough spot. Um, I went to Anderson University for one semester, for free, actually. This is online university, right? No, no. So oh, Anderson University, university? Is a, yeah, it's a private college uh, over in Anderson. I've seen a billboard, and it said yeah. the best online university. And I, but, but you know, hey, I man. was actually riding in Anderson the other day. Yeah. And they probably have some online. I did stuff. see that. Yeah. yeah. I was curious. But uh, great school, great school. But I was going for. I mean, it's an expensive school, a private school. But and I went for free for a semester. I could have went. I could have went for four years for free, gotten a degree. But I went for one semester and did awful because I didn't know why I was there, you know. Because, um, I mean, I had academic scholarship and stuff. I did well enough in school uh, that, that I could do that. But I just didn't know why I was there, you know. So I think my major was, like, psychology or something because that's wow. what you pick when you don't know what, <laughs> what you're doing yeah. in life. So uh, unless you have a plan. But, uh, you know, I didn't. People really understood like, though, how valuable it's like. Yeah. understanding psychology is especially sure. in, in what you're doing now man it's but it's but when it's you rough. just go down the list of majors and go ah you know i kind of like knowing how people think like yeah, yeah and you pick that as your mate you just you know no direction so um so i found myself job hopping you know instead of doing the kind of linear path of i know what i want to do then you go to college you get the degree and you, then you do it and, and let's be honest a lot of people do that and find themselves kind of miserable but a lot of people do that. My brother-in-law is an example. He did exactly that. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, laid it out, and now he's executing it. You know, mm-hmm. um, so for me, it was kind of like uh, just going out and tasting things. And part of it was because I kind of just didn't have that guidance or direction. I just kind of was freestyling. I was just figuring it out. You know, There's so, nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. So so you know, you start off your first kind of jobs and stuff, you, you work retail or something, yeah. right? Um, and then you're pretty good at sales. So, you know, you're hitting your numbers, you're doing well. And so maybe they ask you to be, you know, the full-time person or something, you know. Uh, and then maybe they ask you to be kind of like a little manager or something. So you end up kind of, and before you know it, it's like you're in sales. That's what you do now, you know. So I transitioned from kind of retail stuff to selling all kind of shit that you've never thought of. I mean, from freaking vacuums. Was and you door knocking? I've door, done door some, sales? I've done some door knocking. I've done, some, I've done all kind of stuff, man. I've sold everything. But, and it's funny because for a long time, I wouldn't talk about this, dude. Like for a long time, I was really embarrassed of my job history or all my failures and what I flubbed up at. And, you know, now it's a little different, but I mean, there was a season, man, where I was literally changing jobs like every three months. Bro. <laughs> That's stressful, you know. Yeah. And when you're a single guy. But you know, you're tasting like, stuff, man. That's what's important, yeah. though, you and, know. And a lot of it tastes. I, I would encourage that with any, <laughs> yeah. any young guys. I mean, go, go taste. I yes. mean, you don't have to, you know, to me, it just, yeah. do, do you listen to, you, you know, how, I'm sure you know Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yeah, sure. You listen to him yeah. at all? Oh, yeah, regularly. Like, to me, like, that whole notion just kind of stems back to, like, you know, 
fearing the judgment of other people, sure. you know, your family, everybody's been like, Hey, why haven't you figured life out right. yet? You know, you're 20, <laughs> you're, you know, you're 30, whatever, 25 years old. You haven't right. figured life out, man. What's wrong with you or your high school friends and kids looking at Absolutely. you and, you know, they're sitting there with their, you know, bank jobs, driving Beamers and Mercedes and stuff. And yeah. you're, you know, you're just like, yeah, I'm still floating around, but you know, I, Absolutely I, I think, I mean, the fact that you taste a lot of stuff, man. To me, to me, it gives you the advantage of the fact that, like, you're right. You know what you don't like. You're you right. know what you're good at. You're discovering yourself a lot faster. You know, because the yep. the bad thing is, a lot of those guys that are also judging you at some point, <laughs> you know, they're gonna find out 30, 40 years from now that like they're miserable as, as all hell. You yeah. know, well, a lot of people, they, man, they work so hard to get that degree and. You know, they get in that job, and then they realize two years down the road, like, man, now that I'm in this job, it's not what I thought. And, you know, I think the stat is 80, like 80% of people work outside of the field that their degree was in. Yeah. So, you know, but but you're absolutely right. And, and what I've learned, and so I used to feel, like, pretty embarrassed about that mm-hmm. for all those reasons, right? But now what I've learned is, like, there's no wasted experience. There's no wasted experience. Uh, Meaning, like, 100%. there are things, dude, that, that make me a great loan officer, what I do now, a great husband, a great dad, that I learned in the job that I thought was the stupidest, you know, because it's like, yeah, I went and tasted a lot of stuff, and, and a lot of it tasted kind of bad, but I've learned, like, not to resent that, because yeah. it's like, the what, and I've, I think I've put this out on Instagram before, where I've asked, like, what what's the worst job you've ever had, the one that you think, like, why did I do that job? That was so stupid. I wish I'd never worked there. And then really think about it. And what's the the biggest takeaway, the positive takeaway that you got from that job? Because, dude, I see it all the time where I find myself in a situation. The only reason I know how to handle it or know the answer is because I learned it at some job I worked for three yeah. months or whatever. So, uh, but you're right. You know, especially when you're you're young, you're single. It's like. Yeah, you, you don't have to worry about, man, I got to get, you know, in this career and know what I'm going to do for the next 30 years. Like, that's some, like, 1982 shit. Bullshit. Right <laughs> some 1980s bullshit. That's some baby boomer indoctrination. Yeah, exactly. Horse crap. Exactly. You know, because it's like, no, you don't have to do that because you have so much time. And that's what I'm learning is like, so like, I'm 26, right? I'm young. That's crap. So like sometimes when I'm, I'm like twenty seven, man. Oh nice. Just, we're, just, we're not far. <laughs> What's twenty seven like? Am I am I in for a treat? You feel the same okay. like you did. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. So um I was on a thought, what was it? That was something. Anyway, so oh sorry, you have, so much, you, you have so much time, right? Like yeah, yeah. sometimes I think like, man, I, I think of all the mistakes I made and all the mud that I crawled through and I go, Hey, like that feels like it took forever but I still have forever <laughs> to do like if I, if I worked in the mortgage industry for 20 years, then that mean that'll put me, I'll only be 45 when I hit 20 years. Yeah. You know? So it's perspective. I'm just change, so you know not worried about it. Changing your yeah. perspective, man. And it, it, it changes your life. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. So, so to get back to your original question, uh, I went off kind of on a, on a rabbit trail there of how did I get in the mortgage industry? Right. So, I got married. My wife and I got married back in uh, 2015, and uh, I was still kind of playing that that hop around game um, a little bit. I ended up 
finding some some kind of cool stuff that I anchored into a little bit. But it was certainly not a career. You know, I worked at a local distillery, which was really fun. That's that's kind of a passion of mine. Is I'm kind of a I guess connoisseur of I like you know really good whiskeys and you know of course craft beer is huge and stuff. Um, it's a good thing being here in Greenville. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so. So I, so I worked at uh, a local distillery and kind of got to learn the ropes a little bit. Uh, I was in kind of a sales role. Uh, I was doing uh, tastings and kind of explaining how stuff's made. And I even, you know, would teach people how to taste different, you know, spirits and stuff. It was yep. kind of cool. But I learned about how it's, you know, the whole process of distillation and all that stuff. So it was a really fun thing. But it, it wasn't something that I was going to do as a career, you know. Um, so then... Uh, the big event that probably started really making me go, okay, I gotta, I gotta get some order and some, uh, I guess, uh, intentionality to my life, uh, was in 2017, we had our first son, uh, Ezra. So, and he's, uh, he'll be two in May. So and I know you, you know exactly what we're, we're, like. we're basically like the same stage the of same, life. Yes. The same thing. We're just, I'm just maybe <laughs> what a few months ahead of you. So. Plus I think you play more video games than me. Which I probably, is, man, yeah. I need to, I need Not to right now. I'm, I'm busy yeah. trying to build a business, <laughs> but, uh, <coughs> sure. uh, but, uh, but, but he came along and, uh, at the time I was, when he was born, I was, let me think, I think I was still there. I was working, I think at a car dealership at the time is where I was. And uh, that was not for me, okay? And here's the reason, right? So I found myself in the sales world, and it never really quite clicked for me. And the reason that I found out was like, I didn't have the fulfillment aspect because I've just found I'm actually not a, a super competitive person. Like I always told myself that I was because that in the sales environment and stuff, that's what you kind of have to be is cutthroat and you know you have to want to do more than the other guy and I've gotten to where like I'm way more passionate about helping the other guy get his number up yeah you know mm-hmm. and that's not the sales world the sales world is no if you have to cut him off at the knees to get you know to win the whatever commission prize or like that's the kind of person they want so uh and certainly Working in, in the That's car. the problem with the car sales industry. It by can the way, it can be, man. Like and, and the and the, the folks that I work for, I, I certainly would never want to badmouth them. They're, they're they're good family folks and stuff. But just the car sales industry, man, is a little bit like, well, you you know, you kinda tell them this and it was just there were some things it's that I was manipulation, like, I, man. Yeah, I'm just not I'm not comfortable with it. And uh yeah. plus just from a uh financial standpoint, I'm like, man, I'm like selling these people brand new cars. But I know, like, that's not the smartest thing they could be doing. So, uh, so anyway, I found myself just in a, a lot, I found myself in a position where I had no direction. I now had a family. Um, I was really down on myself, dude. Yeah. Like, I've never said like, yeah, I have depression or anything. But in that season, I was pretty depressed, dude. Like, I didn't know. I was, I was convinced. I was telling myself like, you're no good. Nobody wants you you know, uh, this is how it's going to be forever Yeah, is you're, you're stuck in the cycle. So no matter what you put your hand to, it's going to fall apart, all this stuff. Right. And it wasn't true. And, and through honestly, some small miracles (laughs) and some people investing in me Mm -hmm. and reminding me who I am, who I really am, uh, and who I'm made to be, uh, I was able to kind of pull out of that, um, 
some of those key people. My father-in-law was a huge uh, part of that because he saw in me the truth. So he was just, he saw how down I was. He's like, dude, I'm going to this networking event thing. Go with me, just meet some people. And, uh, and that was kind of the turning point. Honestly, it was something that simple that he just took me. I met some inspiring people. Uh, it was actually an event uh, put on by a local guy named Leighton Cubbage who has been in the telecommunications industry, some real estate investing, uh, and a guy named Tom Shea. Are you familiar with Tom no, Shea? No. You need to go pick up his book, Unbreakable. He's a 23-year veteran uh, Navy SEAL, and uh, he wrote a book called Unbreakable. It's amazing. You need to go read it. But anyway, it was an event that they did called Unbreakable Entrepreneurship, so it's kind of a networking sort of collaboration group uh, keynote sort of event. They did it, I think, uh, Poinsett Club or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I got to go in, and all this guy talked about, because you'd expect, man, this guy has accomplished so much. He, he has operated at the top level of the military. Uh, because truly, I mean, gosh, when you start really getting into what it takes to be a Navy SEAL. Oh, it's badass, man. It's ridiculous. It's badass, yeah. And he was kind of the top of that list. I mean, he was, he was uh, an instructor at SEAL school. Like, I mean, he's 23 years, right? So, but this dude, all he talked about was his failures. Like, that's all he talked about was his failures and how that's okay. Like, he wasn't shy about that. And he embraced it because he didn't see it as something to take you a step back. He saw his failures as, like, I guess, and everyone's kind of heard the, the phrasing, fell forward. But that's how this guy just lived. He's like, hey, fell all the time. I fell every day. So what? Is that going to be a net negative for you or is it going to be a net positive? You know? Yeah. Yep. So... So that just started resonating with me. I started. I what what was the name of the book again? Unbreakable. Unbreakable. By Tom Shea. Uh, yeah, T H O M. Tom Shea. I'm gonna get the audio book for sure. Now you know I've I've listened to Extreme Ownership. You know Jocko mm-hmm. Willink and them. So that's yeah. a similar thing with the seals. So yeah, uh, a little that's bit a, that's different. A great book. Um, and, and different that, message a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And I just got done listening. Literally, like I don't know, like a week ago got through the dichotomy of leadership. Nice. Which, I, need to, I need to pick that up. Um, and that, to me... I'm a fan of extreme ownership. Yeah, so, like, the dichotomy... Not, not to get too off-topic here, but the dichotomy uh, in its nature, it, it doesn't necessarily go against extreme ownership, but they kind of wrote the book because... People they were misunderstanding. Well, they, they yeah. realize that the extreme ownership is... The, the dichotomy is all about the balance, you know? Right. Being a leader, everything's a balancing act. You know, the extreme ownership yeah. is way too much on one side of the extreme and people didn't yeah. really get the understanding of the, the, the yeah. bigger perception like, is the balance and how to... I feel like trade. dichotomy, because I'm familiar with the concepts in the book, I haven't actually yeah. read the book, but I listen to the podcast a lot. Um, I feel like they could have equally called that book the paradox of leadership because really what, what it's talking about is like uh, concepts that seem opposing but are complementing. So like uh, freedom within structure would be one, yeah. right? Yeah. Where people go, man, like... Whenever you meet someone, whenever you don't live that way and you meet someone that literally has no white on their calendar and they're, they're very regimented, you go, man, I wouldn't want to live that way because you have no freedom. It's like, no, they have way more freedom than you because they have a skeleton. You know, they, they have options. They have, you know, whenever they go, hey, I have this day or this time, I don't know what to do with it. Instead of watching six hours of Netflix, they're getting shit done, right? So it affords them more freedom than you never know. And that's what I love about it. I'm glad you, you mentioned that book. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so I found myself in that spot, and uh, I was introduced to uh, 
a couple named Matt and Jenny Tolly who uh, shout out. I'm actually sitting in their office right now um, because they're my bosses. Uh, they are the market center leaders for Movement Mortgage. Uh, so that means the owners of this company. No, so they're not the owners of the company. So they're over like Spartanburg, Anderson, and Greenville. Okay. Movement is. Uh, I mean, we're a top ten purchase lender in the nation. Uh, we started in 2008. We're now like 4,500 strong. So, so but they're over this area and. Uh, they had a long time connection with a family member. They used to be the presidents of their BNI group and stuff. And uh, I wanted to meet with them, not for a job. It's funny, I wasn't even really considering the mortgage industry. Like, I just knew I had that common connection. It was kind of a warm introduction. Yeah. And I knew they were really connected. That's what I knew is, hey, if I can sit down, maybe they can send me in the right direction. So I, I had no inclination that. I was about to go work in the mortgage industry. So you just hit them up and you're like, hey, do you got a few minutes? We can just chat and yeah, I can kind of I mean, tell you about myself. We were introduced okay. by a family member. Okay. And uh, and they, because of the nature of who they are, because anyone that's in that's a really good leader or doing what they do at a high level, I've just found always, always love to share for free what they're passionate about, you know? So they're like, what they're passionate about is propelling people into their purpose. Yeah. So they didn't, they didn't even have, you know, the inclination. I don't think that I was about to come work for them, but we sit down. We actually met at a methodical coffee downtown, and uh, they had never been there. So I got to introduce them to methodical. That's a big deal. Uh, it's like a Greenville rite of passage. I think. Have you been? No. Really, dude. That's we're going next time we meet up. Okay. So. Uh, so we met up there and uh, just chatted, and I just started checking off boxes, you know? Because previous to this, I'd gotten really serious. I mean, I had, and it sounds kind of silly, I know some people kind of doubt the legitimacy of these things, but I started doing some of these personality tests and that sort of thing, but I found one uh, that a mentor of mine actually implemented for me. Uh, I think it's called like Career Direct or something, which sounds very dry and boring, but I mean, this thing took like three, three and a half hours to do, to like actually go through and fill out. Mm -hmm. And then another like three hours to go through. You, part of it is you sit down with kind of the mentor and you, you go through it and evaluate it. I mean, it's like a thick 50 page sort of report about not just your personality, but your values, what you care about. It's, it creates a funnel through which to put opportunities and jobs and because you go, well, and, and I started realizing, oh, that's why these other jobs weren't working out is because it might have matched what I'm good at, but not what I love to do, you know, because it's like something might match the environment and the culture and all that stuff might be good, but you might just suck at the skill set, you know. So, so I sat down with them and I kind of had this funnel to, to put things through and we started talking about what they do and, and uh, I started inquiring and they started inquiring because they got the, the notion that maybe I would be interested yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we just started checking off boxes and dude I tell you it was like I describe it like it's like when you meet your spouse seriously that sounds yeah. silly but it, it was just ha, ah, you know angels from heaven sort of moment where it was like this sounds perfect so what what does a loan officer do you know how do you spell mortgage you know <laughs> not quite but you, you see what I'm getting at so uh, so we started exploring that, that possibility I think we talked in February I wasn't hired on officially until the middle of uh, May of last year. So, okay. so that was early 2018. And, uh, and I tell you, it's funny. The, it's like, and I don't know what you believe in stuff, dude, but, but I'll just use this terminology. It's like God was setting up 
all the pieces parts of the production for several years and it's like man this is all seems really stupid why am i working on these jobs why am i doing why am i going through all everything this? happens for right reason. why am i going through all this like pruning you know because it really hurts and it sucks like i'm in the desert you know but then all of, like you're wandering around the desert and it's like what is this all for you know and it's like all the pieces have started uh started to kind of click together and drop uh and the first step of that was movement uh was what attracted me about movement initially was you know the culture uh the leadership and when they described the actual job it was like oh like that's my skill set like i can do that because it's it's kind of perfect parts sales in a way dealing with clients but also almost like account repping because it's like my main relationship is with realtors so it's maintaining those relationships because at the end of the day that's a, a lead source for me but it's perfect because it's a way for me to have genuine relationship building not just you got a lot of investors faking relationships too uh some 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 but uh-huh. but for me it's it's mostly realtors and uh, residential business yeah. right yeah. so uh and then and then also locking myself in the office and doing nerd stuff you know on the computer so then for the past i guess really year and a half to two years man the amount of just development personal development uh shifting of perspective has just been unreal and it's almost like it's almost like the pressure was building is what i say it is like for years it's like all the pieces were being set up so that then all of a sudden it's like that first domino was pushed it's like for years it's like all the dominoes were being set up know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's like that first domino got hit and it was just so it's i mean if you talk to people that just know me intimately some of my closest friends that have kind of been with me through it all yep they go gosh zach's a different person you know so it's pretty wild uh for sure. Well, Zach, I want to let's get on the topic of college a little bit. You know, that's oh, something Lord. that I'm uh, pretty passionate about. I've got a couple cases where I'm trying to mentor some some young high schoolers and dealing with their parents and stuff about why <laughs> uh, they should not go to college. You know, like, and I'll just you know real quickly. My thing is is like if you're going to go be anybody in the medical field, if you're going to be a lawyer, an engineer, something like that. Like, I guess a STEM career is what it's what they're called. Like sure. something along those lines. I, I, I can see the reason college is important, you yeah. know, getting that upper-level education before you go into that. But, you know, for people that are just going for business or designing, like I, I got a case right now where a young man, uh, I'm not going to mention his name at this point, but, um, you know, he's, he he's wants to be a graphic designer. Yeah. He actually does work for me. He's a young 17-year-old, really talented, but... You know, his parents are basically like saying, you got to go to school to do this and that and incur, you know, potentially incur debt. And and I, I don't know. He's told me they're even willing to, to pay for a lot of that. But I'm just, you know, I told him like, man. you don't you don't need to do that, man. Like literally all you got to do. And I, I outlined this plan for him real quickly. You know, for one, as a parent, like I think parents today need to understand with the Internet and all that stuff's going on. Like there's so many simple skill sets that can be learned. Um you know, online and, you know, just with a mentor, like literally this kid, you know, quick, get out of high school. He'll graduate this June. Yeah. Go get a job, work in a third shift stalker at, you know, at your local grocery store. 
and literally DM like every graphic designer on Twitter or Instagram and say, hey, I will work for free or I will offer whatever you need just, you know, so I can get a little bit of experience and stuff. And the kid will learn that stuff and he may end up getting paid much, much sooner, you know, forget wasting, you know, two years of college because we all know, you know, half of college is a complete waste of time. Yeah. You know, um, (coughs) and just get applicable experience right (coughs) off the bat, you know, so... Yeah. Um, without the debt, and, and parents don't even have to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, to yeah. me, that's it's just a no brainer. But I want your thoughts on sure. college today, how you <laughs> feel about it, and, um, you know, obviously the fact of incurring debt, or even if your parents are willing to pay for it, whatever. Just, just yeah. share, share your thoughts on college today, man. So you kind of nailed it, right? So, and it's funny, whenever this, this topic comes up, it's almost hard not to, like, parrot Gary Vee a lot. And it's not because, oh, you know, we watch Gary Vee, so we just say what he says. It's like, no, his take on it and just that, that perspective is just becoming a very popular one. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I'll say is, you're right, is, man, I think, and I just had this thought while you're talking. I've never thought of this before. But I think that the re- one of the reasons college is so attractive, because Gary will ask people, like, what do you get from college? And people say things like the social aspect and all, this, all these kind of stupid answers where it's like, well, take 40 grand, you can have a lot of good social interaction. Like, you could take 10 of your best friends and travel Europe for how long, you know? So, but I think an answer that a lot of people maybe either are too afraid to give or don't realize this is true is college is such a safe space from failure in a way. Because, like, yeah, okay, well, you could fail your classes. But, I mean, even that, from what I hear, is kind of hard to do. <laughs> like, there's so many... You, you have to basically You can get a work, day and pass. You have man. to work hard to, for them to fail you, you know, yeah. because they don't want to hurt your feelings, you know. So, uh, so I think that a big draw of college is people want to get experience and knowledge with the lowest chance of failure possible, and they're willing to pay $100,000 to do it, which is, speaks to how strong fear of failure is. Yeah. Think about it because you go, well, I can go and I can kind of work on these projects. I can do graphic design and it's not like I'm it's not like anyone's business or brand is actually on the line. It's just me. It's just my grade and you know, if I mess up one project, well that's a little bit of a grade on me. But the the chance of failure and public failure or failing in front of people in in a real way is kind of removed. So I think people are willing to pay a premium for that cushiness rather than what you're saying, which is true, which is, no, what you need to do is you need to just, yeah, you need to get a freaking part-time job doing something that just make some money because you're, you're passionate about graphic design or whatever it may be. You don't have to be passionate about the thing that's making you money right now. It's like, where do we get so entitled that we go, well, I just deserve to just, you know, immediately be fulfilled and whatever I'm making money at for that to just fill my tank every day. It's like, no, you don't just get to do that. Like you don't just, you get that when you earn that. I've just, my wife and I have just gotten to a point where we go, if I don't have something, it's probably because I haven't earned it yet. Whereas some people go, because I want something, I'm going to get it even if I haven't earned it yet and then let the consequences. So I'm going to drive the car I haven't earned yet and then on the back end, people don't know how much credit card debt I'm getting. You know, it's like, no, if you don't actually have it yet in a way that is responsible and 
is actually checking all the boxes, it's probably because you haven't earned it yet. So, but that to me, that's included in succeeding in business or what you're passionate about. Are people saying yes to you? I feel I watched a video from somebody yesterday. I don't remember who it was, but it was basically like everyone's telling you know me no. I'm trying to start this business. Everybody's telling me no. He's like, of course they are. That's what they're supposed to do, because that's how you get good at what you do, right? So, back to your point is yeah, you need to go find a graphic design agency or whatever brand you think is awesome, and you go, I want my graphic design to be like that, and go, hey, I'll do whatever you want. I'll I'll do it for free. I'm going to go work at Chick-fil-A or wherever enough to pay my bills, which I'm going to try. And to me, you're going to stay home with your mom. You ain't moving out yet. Yes. And you're going to save money. Yes. And get your experience. That's right. And yeah. it's like, no, you, you don't, you don't need every premium version of every service yet. It's like, seriously, go figure out how to, to hop on somebody else's Netflix. Even, you know, make your bills as low as possible. Pay for those. Drive, if you are driving a freaking car that you have a payment on, go sell that freaking car. Go get a car that will get you there. Yep. Because, and you know what it comes down to? Because I've been there. I have so been there to an extreme level. People care about what the person at the stoplight thinks of their car. I know that because I used to literally care whether or not like what I looked at and what the people at a stoplight thought about me. Isn't that silly to say out loud? But I think people genuinely care. Like, when I pull it through a parking lot at the mall, what does that look like to other people? Like, and they're willing to pay $300 a month for that feeling. So if someone's doing that, and they also say, I want to be a graphic designer, but, 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 and this, this, and I go, well, you don't actually want to be a graphic designer. You want to look cool. If you really want to be a graphic designer, if that's really what you it want. It all stems back then to everything else, about other people's opinions. Then to hell with everything else would be your real opinion. You'd go, if it means I can go be a graphic designer and, and be at the place I want to be in five years, I'll sacrifice now. I'll live with my parents. I'll drive a, a shitty car. I'll, you know, I'll do all these things. So when it comes to college, that's kind of my take is, you're right, it is for the most part, it's a little bit of a racket. Because college is not what it, it used to be. Uh, there's some commentators that, that obviously people are talking about this a lot right now. Gary says, like, as a brand, the next bubble, like 2008, there was the housing bubble. The next bubble is college. College debt crisis. Because people are going to start realizing, like, the economy is going to start feeling the debt versus the usefulness of what it paid for. Because people are not getting the jobs that are in ratio, proper ratio to the debt that they just yeah, incurred. Nobody can afford anything. Even man. a freaking doctor, man. That's, it's like, it's part of why, a small part of why you go to the doctor and it freaking costs so much because, well, geez, they got to pay back $300,000 in student loans. They got to account for that when they, when they start, you know, determining how much their services cost. Yeah. So, um, so my opinion though is this, because I, I completely agree with you that when it comes to, well, you can't expect, you know, nobody to go to college because what about doctors and lawyers and uh, engineers and all these things that, yes, there needs to be a designated place for them to get that higher education for that industry specifically. But if you think about it, right, all the things that we're talking about that, that make college useless and make college a racket, 
if you were to kind of fix those problems, which we're talking about, I mean, this is a 20 year fix probably. We won't, we won't 15, 20 years. But if you were to fix those issues, we would be producing so much better doctors, engineers, and lawyers because there wouldn't be so much freaking static and red tape and horse crap to crawl through to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or whatever it is that you want to be because let's be honest, I don't really give a crap if my doctor knows about English lit. I don't give a crap. I want them to be a doctor. Like, it's like, can they just go straight to medical school? That's what I want. You know, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I get it. Um, I don't really, I don't know. And, and a lot of people are going to be mad at me for saying this, but the fact that our colleges have become, uh, places of, of, uh, sports economy, I'm sorry, and a lot of people are going to be upset with me for saying this, but it's got to be really weird to people that are from other countries and other places to come to America and be like, hold on, so the biggest draw of a college is their football team? Hold on, I don't understand. How does that make sense? You know? <laughs> it's so funny because we live in a culture that, like, colors, literally, and this is something, this is just a little rant of mine, but colors are inherently connected to sports for some odd reason like if i say oh i like that that orange shirt oh you're a clemson fan no i like the color orange you know it's like what did i say about sports you it's know funny i was just it's back so clemson. it's so ingrained and it's like dude if you want to cut this out because your audience is going to go wild whatever but for me it's like the fact that so many people, and I know it's kind of a southern thing, college football, but it's like the fact that so many people are obsessed with watching 20 year olds conduct their extracurricular activity is what it should be is astonishing to me. <laughs> but, and I get, right, like Dabo Sweeney, right? Awesome guy. He recognizes that it's not really about the sport, you know, because if you ask him, he goes, listen, the majority of these guys are not going to the NFL. The, the majority of these guys, what I know is are going to be in the marketplace, are going to be business leaders in the upstate. So he goes, well, I use, you know, football and this, this program to train leaders for the business world. Cool. But and it's great that he's doing that, but a, a college football coach should not have to step in and do the job that the college is supposed to do, which is train business leaders for the upstate. They shouldn't have to go join the football team to get that. You know what I'm saying? So... So, yeah, I just think if they were to eliminate some of the, the crap, it would be cheaper. It would produce better versions of all the stuff, of all the people that should be there. Uh, and listen, if you want to major in Bulgarian dance theory, take that money and go to Bulgaria and learn about their dance theory. You know... I don't know if there is a Bulgarian dance theory, but <laughs> but is that, right? that kind of, I mean, that's yeah, yeah, a yeah, really yeah. different take yeah. is like, okay, there's all these problems. Yeah, but, you know, college is great for, you know, the few people that should be there. Yeah, but let's, let's cut out the white noise so that we can produce even better versions of engineers and doctors and lawyers. You know, so. Zach, I guess the next topic I want to get into is, um, you know, the city of Greenville. You know, obviously I, I'm wanting to move to Greenville. My wife and I haven't really talked a whole lot about it yet. Um, but as somebody that's 
you know, new moving to Greenville um, from with no real experience of it. You know, what what are some things I should uh, experience? Do what are what are some of I guess the uh, the best features about the city? Yeah, that's a great question. I am a Greenville fan, huge. So, like I said, I grew up mostly over at Ocote County. Greenville was like, man, a couple times a year, maybe Christmas shopping, you get to make the hour and a half trek. Greenville you know it was a big deal but as an adult living here I feel like sometimes even we take it for granted because man when you talk to people that are from out of town and they move they're here visiting family or they just moved here people just can't talk enough about Greenville and it's funny because nationally even Greenville gets a lot of attention like we make a lot of top 10 lists uh I think that we I just saw yesterday we're like I think New York Times top 50 places to visit I think in the country or in I think in the country you know so I've, I've put a lot of thought into why Greenville is awesome and it's interesting and it it kind of feeds into why you're doing this podcast in the first place because Greenville's special I believe that so when you think about why is Greenville special it's like well a lot of places have a pretty cool downtown I mean, not a lot of places have a park and a waterfall in the middle of their downtown. That's pretty special. But a lot of people have good downtown, good restaurants. That's not unique to us, right? Cool shops. Because we have a ton of restaurants. I mean, great restaurants. Oh, yeah. But so does a lot of other places, you know. And I think that what makes Greenville special is the culmination of its people. And I'll explain because that sounds very kind of cliche. I think it's the people that make the town, you know. But something uh, unusual has happened in Greenville, which is once downtown got developed, this has been 10, 15, gosh, maybe they kind of started that process 20 years ago. The revitalization of Greenville started bringing in young professionals. So then BMW came in, Michelin, you had all these kind of big powerhouse companies coming in giving people jobs, so it brought young professionals into Greenville. So what's interesting is as you walk downtown, if you were to just stop downtown and just start asking people one question, like, hey, are you a native or are you a transplant? Where are you from? You'll find, like, there's a pretty big population of transplants here, uh, people that now claim Greenville but are not originally from here. But somehow we've maintained an element of Southern hospitality Truly, and a yeah. culture of helping, you know. So what I mean by that is is certainly the professional community in Greenville. Now, obviously, every, every city and every community has their turds, but, you know. But the professional community is unbelievable to me in Greenville because the sense of people genuinely, genuinely wanting to hey, what can I do to help you succeed in your business? Not as a sales strategy, not like people say that just so that you trust them and then they never really walk that out. People are so genuinely, I mean, we're, we're a tagline of Greenville seems to be like collaboration over competition because people just love to love Greenville and love to do business with one another. And there's just this, and I, again, I hate to use the buzzwords, but the synergy that happens in Greenville where it's fun because it's kind of the perfect small big town because 
it's got kind of everything you want in a small kind of urban space where it's not overcrowded, it's not over trafficked, it's not, but there's enough hustle and bustle that it, you get that kind of satisfaction if you if yeah. you like the city, then yep. you get yep. kind of that uh, that hit, you know, <laughs> of, of city activity. But it's small enough that I can't go downtown, man, without seeing people I know. Or anywhere in Greenville, it seems like. You know, certainly downtown. You know, you're walking around. You can. Bec- it's very easy to become a regular somewhere. You go to the networking events and stuff. Pretty quickly, when you go to the networking events, you, you start to kind of know people when you walk in. You walk around and go, hey, I know six people here just right off the bat. So it just makes doing business really comfortable. It, it, it takes away – it's not sterile. It's not uh, – it's very warm and – and cozy. It's not so. intimidating for a lot of people, right? So, so it, yeah. you know, and I get those vibes myself, man. Just walking through this town and stuff, like the friendly nature of it, um, yeah. you know, the welcoming, and just like and I kind of alluded to this, you know, off there when we were talking, but um, you know, the, the I don't know, like the whole the whole compared to Charlotte, guys, and and for those of you listening, and you guys know, I mean, I lived in downtown Charlotte uh, for quite a while. Uh, I mean, this is just a whole other vibe, Greenville, man. I just, I, you know, it's welcoming. It's got the small town feel. I mean, you, literally, probably the biggest thing for me is the is the the traffic, man. <laughs> so, let me tell you, dude. Charlotte at three thirty is literally like there's no rush hour. It's rush hours, you know. Charlotte yeah. is <laughs> is getting really really bad uh, traffic, man. And they they've got a lot of fixing the roads and stuff man to accommodate but you know greenville man you know i've been here 5 30 whatever you know we're just our biggest complaint is woodruff road maybe yeah i know but it's not even that bad it's dude it's this place has nothing on charlotte when it comes to traffic and something you mentioned too earlier we were just chatting about this i think off off uh podcast here but was just how clean greenville is like physically clean like it's crispy feeling, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that mountainy, crispy. Man. It feels a little bit like it's, it. it's kind of like prepped to film something. Like downtown. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like how they go in, they clean the whole street, you yeah. know, and only place what they want there for the shoot. It yeah. feels a little bit like that all it the time. Does, where it's, man. It just and and that's just congrats to just Greenville City for making that a priority because it's one of those things where it's mostly aesthetic, but they see the value in. Because when, I tell you, whenever I meet people, just because I don't know, man, I'm the type that I'll, I'll be walking downtown and walking next to somebody, I just start talking to them, you know. But I'll ask people, you know, are you from from town? Because I've just found like 50% of the time, they're like, no, we're visiting or, you know, we're new here. So people that are like, yeah, we're visiting family, I'm like, now you need to be very careful. I kind of fake them out. You need to be very careful because cause they think I'm going to say, don't go on this side of town or because that's what they're used to in a city, you know. So you need to be very careful because if you're here for more than, two or three days you're going to move here and they always kind of laugh and I would say at least half a dozen times that I've done that people are like you know we were actually kind of talking about maybe looking at some houses <laughs> I'm like well hey I'm a mortgage lender so hit me up so, uh, but it's funny because yeah Greenville is like I said I'm just a Greenville fan and whenever I meet somebody that's maybe lived here their whole life I make sure to have that conversation because sometimes people can forget and they take it for granted and I remind them you you are so fortunate to live where you live uh and a lot of people that visit from out of town recognize that so yeah well you know and, and guys i'm not hating on charlotte at all I mean, charlotte's <laughs> a great city and, and compared to a lot of massive metropolitan areas you know i mean charlotte is also you know i think a, a top growing place i know a lot yeah. of people I, our I headquarters know, is uh just south of charlotte actually. yeah i think the 
statistic, if I'm not mistaken, or at least from what my uh, some some real estate guys, and I think there's at least like a hundred and thirty hundred. There's a, over a hundred people moving there every single day, supposedly. So I mean, that's pretty remarkable. But but wow. nonetheless, you know, Greenville. To sum it all up for me, it's it's it's. Uh, a very clean small town you get the small town vibes but it's still it, it, it's it, it still gives you somewhat of a, a bigger city feel uh it's got all the stuff pop in the restaurants the you know i don't know how the nightlife is here or whatnot if, i would say that's maybe the one thing if, if, if that's if you're if you like to go clubbing we're still Green, lacking Greenville here. doesn't have a ton a little bit like we, we're starting to get we have more that's of, common I'm we sure. have more of like because I have a friend that is from California and goes and visits from time to time, and, and like the club scene is still a thing, like the dance club thing. Yeah, yeah. Here, it's more of kind of like the upscale lounge sort of thing. So we have stuff like up on the roof, where it's like you can kind of sit with some drinks and you're up on up on the roof, right? <laughs> that's that's more my that's a scene. Good, that's a good that's a good name for it because yeah. you are actually up on the roof. Um, that's kind of our scene. We have places like Sip and you know, because people I think in Greenville because it's so community heavy. People don't, I think, want as much to just go to a room where, like, mm, mm, you know, where they can't hear each other. They like want to have some music, they want to have some drinks, but they want to interact with each other. People actually really want to have conversations, and uh, so that's kind of the, that's just organically become what exists rather than yeah. Well, that, that fits me. That definitely fits me. me too. Um, <laughs> so, so Zach, you know, and, and guys, listen, we uh, when we went to break, we were contemplating. I had two topics we wanted to talk about. One was college, and I just uh, and I, I couldn't remember what the second topic was, but I do know now, and it's networking. Okay? Yes, that's networking. What it was. Um, that's what it was. So, Zach, obviously, you're 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 in you're going to the business meetings and the meetups and whatnot. You know, I'm curious to know what those are like. What are what are yeah. some of the? Ta- I don't know how many you're Let in. Let this go out today, by the way. Uh, and this will actually go out tomorrow. Okay, I was yeah. gonna say well, you'll miss one of my favorites, which is Biz on Tap tonight. But yeah, t- tell us, yeah. just give us an idea of the meetups around town or whatever, whatever you're involved in, what you like about it. And but yeah. I also want, I guess, just your general philosophy on networking because I, I have my own. I mean, personally, I haven't told you this yet, you yeah. know. But I'm in nature, I'm very introverted. Uh, so I have a different philosophy and, and a strategy is kind of how I network, so to say, as opposed yeah. to other people that are a lot more extroverted. But, you know, just uh, you know, sh- share with us um, you know, your thoughts yeah. on all that. Yeah. So when it comes to so networking, you know, is kind of a very specific for a lot of people means a very specific sort of event. But I'll talk first. I'll talk more broadly about because okay. you said kind of meetups and groups and that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Greenville specifically is so I don't want to use the word overrun that sounds like a negative thing but it, there are so many meaning like whatever little kind of weird thing you're into as a hobby or like I feel like if, if you like uh, cats and reading literature there's, a there's probably a group for it and if not it would be so easy to start you know so like there's actually a place called uh, it's like a cat cafe which is yeah. a nightmare to me. I'm allergic to cats, but uh, same, same <laughs> so there, there's, I mean, literally a little group for everything. Uh, and because of the culture here, if there's not the specific thing you want, it's so easy to start. Like, and people will come. It's ridiculous. Um, for me, I have to balance because I'm the type that I really, really, really enjoy networking meetings and, and that sort of thing. So I have to be careful because I can accidentally spend too much time going to them. 
and because I love it. You know, I love that that energy and kind of just seeing a couple people I know, meeting new people. I love that. Uh, but I have to balance it because there are so many. I have to go a philosophy to. on that, but but go ahead yeah. and finish. I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> so, uh, so a, there are a few that I try to frequent. One is Biz on Tabs, put on by uh, Upstate Business Journal. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, they do a great job. It basically it moves around kind of every month. It's once a month, uh, and I'm sure it's probably a specific like, you know, last Wednesday of every month or something. Uh, don't take my word for that. Look it up. But uh, the concept is exactly what it sounds like it's always kind of over a drink so it's not a keynote sort of event because I kind of split networking events up into maybe kind of two categories main categories which is either just a mingle sort of event or you're gonna have a little bit of that but you're really going to hear somebody speak for you know 15 20 you're going to be educated versus just right just hang out meet some people you know, yeah. so Biz on Tap is just to hang out, meet some people, and it's always at like a brewery or sometimes they do it at the Commerce Club, but it'll be like Foxcroft Wine or uh, they've done it at Serendipity Labs, which Serendipity is actually one of their like main sponsors this year. But uh, it's fun because what they do is you come in, you drop your business card, you get a little ticket, and your first beer is free. Wow, okay. Which is they strike a deal like, and so it's just really generous, you know, because. Most events don't do that, you know, most events and some events are kind of the opposite, like, and not that that's a bad thing, because my second big event that I would say, which I unfortunately missed last night because I had a meeting, is uh, Greenville Hustle is a cool event, uh, Tyler Harris, uh, and um, oh, the other guy that puts it on, he's a little bit less in the spotlight, but it's from uh, Radical Results is the name of his company, yeah. Ryan uh, Alford, I think, is the guy's name. But they put that on, and, and uh, it's actually a paid event. It's like 20 bucks at the door, but they provide a lot of value. And I think, you you know, after that, you for your first drink is free or whatever. Um, but they typically always have a speaker and then a panel. So last night, it was uh, a girl, I don't know her name off the top of my head, but she's a, a pilot and a real estate flipper. And, I mean, you should go look at her Instagram. I'll have to look it up, and I'll mention it before uh, we cut off here. But uh, so they do that and then they do a panel where you can ask her questions and then all three of them will get up there and you do a panel and uh and then there's some time to kind of just network and it's just it's kind of like the cool hip you know yeah it's greenville hustle right it's kind of its own category so uh those those might would be my top two but there are so many i mean greenville connect and i mean there there's probably i could go to probably two or three networking events a week seriously so (laughs) uh, yeah one one interesting thing of like you know I'm a, I'm a guy that's all about metas you know I'm all about trying to understand the the, the psyche of yeah. like why people do certain things I guess yeah. um, you know and one thing that I've kind of been harping on a little bit is the whole notion that because uh, I, I, I feel like I noticed this in Charlotte a lot you know Charlotte obviously has Google's amount of uh, yeah. meetup groups you know for just about anything just just like here pretty yeah. similar uh, but the fact that there's so many people out there that are almost going to so many networking events as a, as a fulfillment, so to say, versus like actually yeah. getting somewhere, like actually right. doing it. You know what I'm saying? And, and yes. to me, I'm, I'm really obsessed with that. I don't think it's talked about a lot. I don't yeah. think people are really like, you know, uh, harping on that, on that meta specifically, but like, 
you know, like some of the like real estate meetups that I've been a part of and whatnot, you know, you just see the same people yeah. over and over and over that aren't really executing and actually yeah. getting business done more so than they're just, it's just almost like, yeah. you know, I, I feel like I'm getting something done. It's like this, this delusional perceived notion yeah. of that. And it's not that like, I, you know, I'm not saying it's, a, you know, everybody's going through that, but I, I think that's something that needs to be talked about a For lot sure. that people don't. You know, it's, it's I agree. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel the same way. Yeah. And it, it's like existing in the space, but not moving the needle. You know, it's like, well, okay, is this translating to what? Is it personal development you're after? Is it actual referrals for your business? Is it what is it like? But and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna piss some more people off probably. But honestly, it's it's just kind of human nature because a lot of people do this with church too, right? Like it's. Well, they go because, well, I'm supposed to go to networking events and well, I'm supposed to go to church, so I pat myself up. But it's like, well, are you actually like listening to what's going on or are you developing yourself? Are you actually being transformed? Or, you know, so it's the same with networking events. It's like, what's your methodology? Like, do you, they have an approach for their business. It's like, for me, it's like I have a uh, methodology for everything I do with a loan from day one to, to the closing table and even after. So it's like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna dedicate my the little bit of time that I have to go to a networking event, what's my strategy? Like, what is my methodology? And so many people just well, I just go and hang out, and then like hopefully maybe something comes from that. It's like, well, it won't because you're not being as intentional about it as, yeah. you know. It's like if if you're gonna you know put up uh, some sort of advertisement, you're gonna go pay for an ad somewhere. You're gonna think about that ad a little bit. You're gonna be intentional about what it says. Hopefully, about what it says, who you're targeting, who you know, who you want to see the ad. So it's like if you're gonna to go to a networking event, have some goals, have some like. And I'm all about going and kicking it, and having a beer. That's cool. But if you're gonna go, especially if you're gonna go pay for a networking event, don't just pay to go get the picture. You know what I mean? <laughs> just pay just so people see that you were at that event. Because that's a whole other topic too. Man. For sure yeah. is is fronting right is like mm-hmm. flexing like oh yeah. i'm i'm a big shot it's like well what are you getting done are, okay you have a pocket full of business cards what do you do with them do you actually have a strategy for that you know do you go and you okay these are the ones that like i actually want to connect with i'm, I'm going to save these because hey who knows when i might need you know to connect with somebody but do you actually sit down and open LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and go and connect with those people and send the messages and send the emails or make the phone calls and follow up with them and set the coffee meetings? And do you, are you networking or are you hanging out? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, yeah like I said, I, I think for many of you listening, that that's just something to really keep a, keep a keen perspective on is, you know, are you actually, you know, do you have a strategy? Are you actually, you know, achieving results and, and executing upon the networking? You know, not and, and I don't want to get too deep into my personal outlook, but you know, I, I just alluded to this earlier, and the people that are listening know because I've went into pretty pretty good detail about the fact that I'm uh, I'm introverted in nature. Now, obviously, my sales and my sales background and real estate and that experience has. It's not that it, I wouldn't say it's like changed me in my natural pers- instinct, you know, like the whole social setting, being in a large crowd and stuff and just like naturally going up to somebody you don't know. I'm not comfortable with that personally. So um, I'm more about if, if you have if people have context of me and who I am on a perceived notion, like if I were to walk in a room like that, I think I'd be a little bit better. Like I don't have to like reinvent yeah. myself every time I get in front of somebody. I think right. that's probably my my biggest uh, weakness when it comes to going to these events. But 
you know, I guess when I started with real estate, my whole thing was, you know, identifying who the real key players were, yeah. you know, because I'm a much better one-on-one person. You know what I'm saying? Like when I get when we get that one-on-one meeting, hey, yeah, I'm I'm good to go with that. Um, you know, and obviously I don't feel like somebody's vying for your attention. You know, that was my right. hardest thing social, going to the event. competition. It's yeah. like literally like we would be, you know, in a meeting, but like, you know, but even myself, people want to talk to me, but I feel like I, you know, I'm in a conversation with somebody, you know, all you hear is everybody just talking around right. and stuff. And of and course like, you have the, the guy that wants to join, you know, your, your conversation. Exactly. Which is cool, you know, but... Yeah. But but it's not giving me context. I'm not really building relationship, and to me, I'm right. like I think of it more like I'm a sniper in networking. You know, I'm not yeah. I'm not the shotgun. I'm not shooting the buckshot, trying to meet as everybody exchange yeah. business cards. I purposely will not exchange business cards because like I literally like you you, you want to get with me. I want your number. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to yeah. really just write sometimes. the phone and, and do that. Sometimes I'll go to a networking event and intentionally leave the business cards in the car. Yeah, because people are confused by that, and and I'll be like, listen. Uh, all you're going to do is take this business card and either it's going to get thrown away immediately <laughs> or yeah. if you genuinely it's want to connect, sit in your car for the next you're going to go months. and connect with me on Facebook. You're going to go add my phone. You're going to put my phone number in your phone. You're yeah. going to text me. So the business card is pretty, pretty useless, right? So like I just go, hey, if we actually want to connect, let me just connect with you right now. Which, how do I find you on Instagram? Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, for sure. And it's funny. I'm kind of the opposite in a way because I have to pull myself back because if I'm not intentional – Dude, it's very easy for me to go and just be loud and have a good time and be making a lot of connections. You can't see this right now, everyone, but I'm making big quotation marks with my hands. Is making a lot of connections and, ooh, I just, you know, did a lot of networking. I just networked the, the crap out of that event, you know. But then because I, had, I wasn't intentional, I just – like you said, just spewed yeah. a little bit and just went in. And, well, that's just the nature of And our- I was the fun guy and stuff, but like – nothing came from it yeah. and it's a waste of time yeah it's just the, i guess you know the extrovert introvert comparison but yeah. you know at the same time you know you're going to have the advantage of you know knowing more people up front than i will at the same time you know i'm probably going to be more of every time i do network there's always going to be purpose i won't get yeah. into that whole potential oh well did i really get something done was it just yeah. fulfilling the fact that i was out when i set goals for on? myself like yeah. when when it comes to networking, I now like I used when I first started going to networking events and stuff. I would do. I would literally have like twenty business cards in my pocket, and then but most of them, honestly, then you look at them the next day and you're like, I don't even know if I remember this dude or like what he did or who he was. I just yeah. got the business card. Like it, it's like I went on a, a business card collecting venture. So now I have rules for myself where it's like I want to have three to five meaningful conversations. I want to have three to five business cards in my pocket at the end of an event. And sometimes mine's one. Sometimes I go, yeah. I, I meet one person. Cool. And my intention is cool. like that person. I love it. You're gonna get to know me. I'm gonna get yeah. to know you. I have to do three to five, it. or I have this little just. I, I get to Jones in because I didn't talk to enough people. Yeah. yeah but yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's it's funny because you know you always have the the guys that literally walk around like it's almost like they walk around with like a stack of their business cards, and then as they approach you, they're just like holding it, holding it out, almost like like they're trying to give you a flyer for a concert, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh. And it, it's funny. So uh, a guy that I know, Giovanni Calise, he's actually who I'm working on this project with. Uh, he talks about there's kind of three people at networking events. And uh, it's really funny. I've, I've got a video on it. So I, I won't go over it. I, maybe I'll send you that video. He might be a good guy for you to interview too. But uh, but it's basically down, sure. you've, you've got the guy that that's, uh, you know, really basically like me, 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 me. 
And then you have the guy that's like actually helpful. And so he has this kind of whole ditty about it. It's really funny, but, uh, so maybe you need to interview him, but, uh, but yeah, that's awesome good. I like, I like your perspective on that. And I like to meet well, people that I have just, kind of a different approach. I, I want to, I want to be able to give practical advice for people that, you know, are introverted and they're not as comfortable going sure. to the social events and, you know, I and I and one way that I've already stated before, and I'm going to state it again, is starting a podcast. You know, people. You know, I, I don't know. Like people don't look at pod. And maybe some people do, obviously, but I think a lot of people just look at a podcast. It's it's creating content. Yeah, it is creating content. But you know, for me, like if for this interview, for example, we're doing right now. I mean. I've never met you before. It's our first right. time actually meeting. Yeah. I'm coming with you with the intent of, number one, getting to know you. Number two, sharing your story, providing you value. Number yeah. three, creating content. Right. You know? Yeah, and I feel and like I'm achieving all that with intent and purpose, and this yeah. is all going to actually mean something. Well, now we're connected. Like, I feel like we're bros. Yeah. And so. Yeah, exactly. But see, <laughs> to me, when, when we do a podcast, like, I'm getting to know you deep. You know, this isn't just like a quick 10-minute conversation, you right. know, about just... What do you like BSing, to do in spare time? Yeah, BSing around about, or even just, bit, like, this is a legit, like, I'm getting to know you. Obviously, you, you know, you've talked about me getting to know me, even though this isn't my interview. Um, but I, I think podcasts, no, more sure. people should be doing it. If you're trying to build sure. a brand, you're trying to get any business that you're trying to accomplish, like, everybody should be doing a podcast. It's free. You don't have to have all the equipment, the mics. I know people are like, yeah, you got to buy all the stuff. No, you don't, man. Yeah, we're sitting in, we're sitting in our conference room right now. On my phone. On phone. Download the app called Anchor, guys. All right? It's super simple. It's free. Literally, you can record. It'll distribute your, your episodes on the nine different platforms, and I think they're going to be including more. You can edit stuff really quickly. It's basic stuff, but it's, it's simple. It gets the message out, and you can promote it. So um, I think that's really important. However, guys, uh, we are near the end of this episode, so we're going to jump into our fire around here, have a little bit of fun with, um, with Zach here. Uh, but before we do that real quick, uh, I want to uh, let Zach real, talk about the – the magazine a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I, I think I could do that. Okay. Um, so it's funny because full-time uh, I'm a mortgage lender. So, uh, you know, I help people secure their home loans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, through that, you know, I, I have some other passions and things that uh, I'm working on on the side. I guess you could call it the side hustle, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so me and uh someone else i won't name them uh because it's very kind of early stages it's not released yet but we're, uh i have the opportunity to help him start uh his online magazine that he's putting together and it's going to be awesome i mean it's going to have it's basically uh designed around young professionals uh it's and i, I don't want to name it but it's kind of for like the sophisticated young professional right so it's going to talk about obviously business stuff we're going to do some interview type stuff some podcast type stuff uh cars and watches and you know uh there's actually a, an event aspect so maybe some fashion show type stuff in line it's kind of my first love so I, you know uh have always been into men's fashion and stuff so uh so it's super exciting very excited so it's going to be online magazine right so a lot of content on their articles and uh tons of stuff right obviously then filtered over to social media uh for people to kind of see on their feed but then it's going to also be some interesting events and photo shoots and all kind of stuff. So, uh, again, early stages, maybe next, hopefully I'd like to do this again, maybe be, oh, definitely, be on yeah. again we'll, we'll uh, next time. I'll, I'm sure I'll have kind of a more solid update. So I know that's really vague and sounds kind of like 
I don't. I All right, for those of you guys listening and you're following, awesome. you're following Zach here, just gives you a little hint of what's what's to come. Yeah, so. just keep your eyes open because. Shit's about to happen. Good. Cool stuff, man. <laughs> All right. So, uh, guys, fire around time. You know what it is. We're going to have fun with Zach here. So, uh, let's get it popping. First question, Zach, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, man. You know, that's hard. Peeve. I don't know if you can tell this about me, but I have a lot of pet peeves. <laughs> um, man, that is a tough question. Gosh, I got to think about that. Skip that one. I'll, I'll think about that one. We'll come back to it. All right. What's your worst habit right now? Worst habit? <laughs> My wife, Ren, sweetheart, I love you. My worst habit she hates is, dude, I, I uh, pick my fingernails and toenails. You're probably, let me, let me just say real quick, before we go any further, <laughs> you're one, I'd say one out of every six or seven people <coughs> that I've interviewed. Yeah. That's, that's But it. toenails, dude, it's bad. What? It's bad. What? Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah. It's very satisfying. Wow. Okay. And it's disgusting. And yeah, I, now you're the first for that. Um, okay. <laughs> and, hey, at least I don't do it with my teeth, you know. It could be, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. All right. Um, what's the worst thing you've ever spent money on? The worst thing I've ever spent money on? Define worst. I mean, like, you were like, damn. Biggest why, why? Yeah, exactly. Like, why in the world did I buy this or do that? Uh, most pain. Let's just say the most painful thing. Come, come to mind. <laughs> I've always been pretty frugal with my money. Um, gosh, that's also a good one. <sighs> trying to, th- I've probably spent money on a lot of stupid things. Um, I gotta be honest, I'm drawing a blank on that, man. Uh, gosh, wh- wh- I, first that, thing, think of, think of the last pe- thing. People that know me are probably like. They're thinking of like five things. I'm trying to think though. What's the most recent thing? You were just like, why did I do that? Why did I buy this? It was pointless. It's funny. I'm very intentional about where my money goes. <laughs> uh, oh, well, here's something. So something, this is the closest I can get to that answer. Okay. Closest I can get to that answer, which is when I initially spent money on it, it was a good investment, but it's one of those things where I kind of forgot about it. And I accidentally had to spend money on it again, which is uh, I used to keep track of my mileage for a job, right? So I actually had to track how much mileage I was driving. Yeah. So I paid for an app called MileIQ. Great app. I've used it. But I haven't needed it for a long time. Yeah. And uh, the other day it charged my account $60 for nothing. Mm. Yeah. So that was pretty stupid. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for. No, no, no. I mean, it's funny because I am pretty intentional about where my money goes uh so i have to think of that it's a really good thing i have to think on that because i'm 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 the opposite man i I drop (laughs) money left and right and that's my problem that's what i gotta (laughs) fix and i've learned hard lessons all right um what is the craziest thing you've ever done for love (laughs) craziest thing i've ever done you know and that that, i know that's vague you can say the most uh, outlandish thing you know i had i had a guy uh that biked 45 minutes to see his girlfriend at one point one way one way he did it every yeah. day you know i've had some stuff like that i'm just curious like what you know is it so I, just your wife yeah so i didn't this might not qualify i didn't actually follow through with this but i had every intention to so my wife whenever uh before we got married even um she graduated from the governor's school in greenville and uh she went to new york dance she literally we met and like a month and a half month month and a half later she left for new york so like 
kind of crazy because mm. I mean we got married a year later to the day from when we met. So so she was immediately boom in New York, but I was head over heels, you know. So I literally like, dude, I was looking up, I was coordinating and figuring out. Well, I think I'm just gonna move to New York, mm. which is kind of crazy. And I was like, well. I'm, Maybe I could just, like, work at a restaurant. Maybe I could... I was, like, looking up... Dude, I was looking up, like, places for rent. And uh, and oh. before that all came together, she ended up actually coming back and uh, not staying in New York. But I had every intention, dude. So that could have been... That I was going to follow her to New York, and who knows what that would have looked like. That would have been wild. So that would have been crazy. So that was, I guess, my wildest intention of thing to do for love. Okay. But the wildest thing I've done for... Is, uh, yeah, I'd say got married one year after I met uh, my wife. <laughs> for a lot of people, that's pretty quick. All right, last question. Okay. If you're okay. on your deathbed, you're on your deathbed right now, okay? You've got, you've basically got one chance to say a sentence or two. Yeah. Just of your last words or, you know, your last message to the world. What would it be? <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, I think ultimately. You said it earlier and I told you to repeat just to say it. I, well, I don't know if that would be my deathbed thing. I will say that too. My deathbed thing is this is we spend a lot, an awful lot of time thinking about an awful lot of stuff, right? What am I supposed to do? Job, career, kid, advancing and moving the needle and all that stuff. But ultimately, it's got to all be about something. So it's about legacy. And from my perspective, my belief system, it's invest mostly in your relationship with God and move the needle on what he wants you to move the needle on, and you will die happy. Regardless of how that affects anything else, whether that leaves you with a billion dollars in the bank when you're dead, or $10 in the bank when you're dead, if you move the needles on the things he wanted you to move the needles on, you're gonna be ready to die, you know? So, uh, but the other thing, one thing I do wanna leave everyone with this is kind of the, the end here, is I was really embarrassed and shy about my failures for a long time. So I want to encourage people that, that maybe even feel like, man, my life is not what I expected it to be. It's not what I thought it would look like. It's certainly not what I want it to look like. Uh, and you can feel kind of like a loser. You can feel... Like people are disappointed in you and, and you can start getting that voice that says you're not good enough you're never going to make it you're never going to do anything worth the time everything you touch falls apart I just want to encourage you to it's a term that I want to say that Tom Shea uses is embrace the suck and, and decide make the decision right now even listening to this make the decision to use your failures of the past and the present and go okay I can't go back and fix that shit right it's done our it's already it, it was already what I consider to be a mistake but but look for the lessons and fail forward and pick yourself up and, and honestly I'm just gonna be real with you right now the difference will come when you stop being a victim and you pick yourself up and stop waiting on someone else to pick you up because they're not coming like hopefully you have someone in your life that is encouraging to you. and But if you rely on and you wait on other people to come along, pick you up, slap you on the butt, and move you on your way, you're going to be laying in the dirt for a while because you have to make the decision for yourself. I'm done being a victim of what I think were mistakes, 
I'm going to change my perspective. It's a decision, right? Is let, you, let your decisions guide your emotions, not your emotions guide your, your decisions. Go, whatever happened, happened. But tomorrow, what am I going to do about it? So that's my biggest encouragement is, is stop calling yourself a loser. Realize that where you are now and where you could be in a year is the potential for what could happen a year from now is, is so unreal you don't believe it. And I put something out on my Instagram here recently, uh, and it was a quote that basically said, the goals and the dreams that you have that uh, you think are five or ten years away aren't really five or ten years away. They're five or ten years away from when you start walking toward them. The stuff that you go, man, that, when people say, what do you, what's your five-year plan or what, what do you dream about doing? And, and you go, man, like this is my dream. You lay it out there and you go, man, that's kind of, you know, that's more of kind of like 10 years down the road. That's easy to say because it's easy to go, well, that's 10 years down the road because then no one's holding you accountable to that. When you say this is something I want to do this month, people hold you, you're accountable. When you say, yeah, it's something that's kind of 10 years away, then no one's holding you. It's easy to say that. But you need to realize that if you don't start walking, it's like if I said, dude, if, it's like if I said, hey, I, my goal is to walk uh, to Charlotte. Or let's just say downtown, right? Yep, That's yep, easier, right? Yep. My goal is to walk downtown. How, how many hours do you think that would take? <clears throat> Quite a bit, man. From here, you know, four hours maybe? I don't know, three hours? Let's just say that it, if I started right now, it would take me three hours. We go, well, being downtown, that's, that's kind of like three hours away. But it's not three hours. It's three hours away from when my feet start moving. And here's the thing. If I get halfway and get down on myself and sit on the freaking side of the interstate – halfway through then it's it's not an hour and a half away from then it's a hour and a half away from when i get my ass up and start walking again yep right yep so stop throwing yourself a pity party i'm just being real with you guys stop throwing yourself a little pity party get up and this is this is maybe the terminal the term the phrase that i will leave you with finished and final is if you want to make your life happen you have to initiate facilitate Get shit done. Awesome. Awesome. That's your Instagram snippet right there, man. Yes, sir. Awesome stuff. Well, guys, listen, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got some value uh, from Zach's perspective here and, and, and his story. I hope it helps. Uh, I know many of you guys that, uh, you know, you're young, you're, you're you know, jo- job hopping, man, trying to figure out what to do in life, man. And, uh, you know, as well as, um, you know, for those of you in Greenville listening, man, that don't know Zach, uh, my followers, my listeners, now you do. All right, if you're in the area, awesome. And if you guys follow Zach, man, I hope uh, I hope you guys enjoyed my uh, you know my interview with him. And um, and um, yeah, Zach, go ahead and let everybody know uh, exactly where they can find you. At. Yeah, so uh, kind of just started building my Instagram following and stuff. So go follow me at uh, underscore Zachary Kennedy underscore. So uh, I'm sure if you just type in Zachary Kennedy, you'll probably find it. Uh, yeah, and Facebook, obviously. LinkedIn, if you want. Uh, I have a rule, though. LinkedIn, if you want to connect with me, I have to meet you face-to-face. Cool deal. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, we'll catch you next time. See you. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Please be sure, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, to rate the podcast, and please leave us a review. It only helps us bump the podcast up higher to be able to reach more people and deliver our content and our message, which is living a life on your terms. 
Guys, I'm also going to ask of a huge, huge, huge favor. Um, if, if we've brought you any value uh, through any of the episodes, and if you're somebody that comes back to this podcast and it's really making an impact in your life, uh, it would mean the world to myself, but it would also help us tremendously uh, from a business perspective, if you could support us, which is a $4.99 uh, a month subscription, uh, which will allow us to be able to uh, sustain this podcast and be able to really grow and, and uh, scale the way that we can deliver this content. Uh, we want to be able to get some equipment that allow us to uh, make video content along with the audio that you've been listening to. Uh, and like I said, guys, I, that would mean the world to us. And we're really excited about the growth and, and the way we're going uh, right now with everything. So, um, guys, thank you so much once again uh, for supporting us, listening to the podcast. And I hope to catch you guys next time. See ya. Thank you.